welcome to the CX Central podcast. My name is Justin Tippett and today I'm joined by the very energetic Mark Carrier all the way from Queensland. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you, Justin. Uh, great to be with you here today. Uh, how are things in wonderful Melbourne? Well, you know, it's always an adventure down here, but we're free to say uh, we're free from COVID at the moment, which is a good thing. Unfortunately, not so much for you guys up in Queensland. We're dating this podcast already, but uh, hopefully by the time people hear this, it'll all be gone and everything will be back to normal, right? Yes, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Let's now, hope. today we're going to be talking, uh, well, a lot of stuff around team leaders, you know, those kind of important people in your contact centre, because you've pretty much made a career out of specialising in, in helping to train and mentor team leaders. So I really wanted to delve into that world, and I know we're going to share some top tips for some team leaders later on in the mm-hmm. show, but before we sort of get into those tips, and that's a carrot to keep people listening, Mark, um, is yeah. um, I want to... I learn more about you because I'm always fascinated around the background of how people got into contact centres. So tell me a little bit about your story. Well, basically, uh, it started uh, back here on the Gold Coast, uh, way back in uh, the mid-80s. I was involved with a resort development company uh, uh, here on the Gold Coast, and uh, we had a lot of uh, call centre activity based on lead generation uh, activity that I did and uh, my, my job was to work at trade shows and different places like that and create uh, uh, opportunities for us to generate leads that the call center people would call and uh, an opportunity arised I, I kind of wasn't getting advancement as I thought I should at that age it was in my mid-20s yep. and uh, a partner that I worked with uh, at uh, this company, he and I decided we'd go out on our own and he had more involvement in the call center side. So we got together and we did that for a few years uh, up until we had a, uh, a, you know, this will date me, we had that recession we had to have uh, that Paul <laughs> Keating talked to us about. Yes, yes. And, yes, uh, yes. And, and it was funny, uh, at the time, uh, Telstra was called Telecom Australia and uh, they came to see our call center because they thought, oh, a new call center in Brisbane, we had moved it to uh, Springwood. And they said, oh, you know, we, we'll be able to help these guys because nobody really knows what call centers are all about these days. And they came in to help us and they walked away shaking their heads thinking, geez, these guys are all over it. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when we had to close the business, uh, they approached me and they said, look, um, would you help us? Because if you remember at the time, Telecom Australia was becoming Telstra because the government had decided to um, uh, deregulate the telecom industry. And so they're going to bring in Optus as the competitor. And their call centers that they had uh, around the country were mainly all about, uh, in the residential area, all about helping people get phones connected. And if you remember in those days, you wanted your phone connected, you would call them and, uh, you know, they would arrange people to come out. So going into a new environment with a competitor, they wanted to keep as many of their customers as possible and they had to shift their focus more into, from a customer service sense, to adding a a, a sales to it. And so they asked me to come in to work with their uh, call center teams and call center managers and team leaders within the Brisbane area and help them to uh, make a transition, and uh, w- which is very interesting 
time. And you can imagine most of the call centers in those days were regulated, or not so much regulated, but were very union uh, operated and they were highly resistant to change. <clears throat> anyway, uh, six months later, we, we had finished uh, my assignment with them. And then they asked me, you know, would I uh, consider joining uh, as the national direct marketing manager for the residential business units in Melbourne? work in Melbourne and uh, while they're doing that job, um, they um, also had a 350-seat call center that they were building in Burwood and had some involvement uh, helping them set that up. Um, and from there, you know, I, I, I was with them for a few years and, and I'm not really a big corporate kind of guy and so I moved on. I uh, uh, ended up doing, uh, you know, diff different opportunities around the world. So I, I've lived and worked in eight different countries around the world at this stage and, you know, places like the U.S. and Canada and the Bahamas and Puerto Rico, Mexico, Fiji, here, of course, uh, in Australia. And a lot of my involvement was more as a general manager of marketing. And, and, of course, all of these areas would always include a call center. And so... You know, I have probably made as many mistakes as somebody can make <laughs> in, in call centers, I swear. And uh, the good thing that I try not to do is repeat them. And I think, you know, what happened was even with the consulting that I've done, you know, uh, in the last 10 or 12 years with a lot of different companies, the biggest problem that I've seen and, and is that, you know, most companies with call centers – you know, the, their big problem is that, that they're inconsistently or they're not regularly hitting their uh, KPIs and their targets every month. And, you know, it's, it drives them crazy and it has a big effect on the, on the company, its bottom line and all of that. And a lot of stress and frustration. And when you look at it, it really comes down, in my view, from what I've seen, that the problem is that they, uh, they don't have really good team leaders. And they don't train and, um, and, and support the team leaders, you know, as they should. And so that was something that I recognized uh, a few years ago, particularly. And, and I uh, worked with a client here in the Gold Coast. They had uh, 200 operators, uh, three different call centers, uh, 20 different team leaders, three call center managers. And I, I, I worked with them to help them develop a, a sales training module. I mean, at the time, uh, this is pre-COVID, they were the largest sellers of uh, cruise vacations in Australia. They would do over 200 million a year in sales, if you can believe it. And they provide the booking engines for companies like Expedia. So whenever you know uh, somebody would book a cruise and call somebody through Expedia, they would end up at their call center and, you know, they had this white labeled and, you know, same for American Express, uh, Air New Zealand, Singapore Airlines, and they had a lot of their own brands. And so, you know, when I, when I went in and this was a CEO that I'd known 25 years, he, I'd actually been a client of his at one stage. And, you know, he asked me, look, it's killing me. Can you help me? And so we looked at it and uh, we found that, you know, they they needed a few things, obviously in the sales area, but the biggest problem they had was their team leaders weren't being team leaders. You know, he felt that they were being more um, 
you call them, he would say they're you know being servants as opposed to leaders. And so uh, we worked on uh, developing a uh, sales program that we rolled out uh, with his uh, frontline operators and the team leaders and all of that. And then we that took about six months, as you can imagine, with 200-odd staff. Um, then, uh, you know, they, they, it was great because they had three consecutive months of record sales. You know, so that was really pleasing. And so, you know, re validated for me that the process was right. So, you know, about a year goes by and he says to me, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I called him, how's it going? And he says, oh, look, you know, we're, we're back to where it is because, you know, in the last year we've had a lot of turnover, as you do with call centers. And, you know, uh, a lot of the people we had before are gone, especially the team leaders, they're gone. And so... I said, well, rather than me come in and do it again, why don't we develop a team leader training program and give them the basic skills that they have and we can create a program that your team can continuously, your call center managers can continuously use to create, you know, team leaders. So that's kind of, you know, quick how the journey has come through to here. Yeah, well, it's obviously, uh, as you said, it's been quite extensive and you have travelled the world. And, and one thing we, we soon realised with call centres, right, is that um, the team leader function is essentially the same no matter what country you live in or no matter what what call centre function that you actually do, whether it's sales or service, uh, you know, et cetera. So um, tell me, when you sort of talk about the, the team leader and you said a lot of the failure happens at that team leader level, what, what do you think is behind that? Why is it failing at, at that team leader level? Well, well, firstly, I agree with you in terms of the fundamentals, you know, being customer service or telesales or, or anything like that or a hybrid, you know, the, the functions of a team leader are, are just pretty much the same. And I think the big problem has been, from my observations, I mean, all over the world, and even within my old call center when I think back uh, years and years ago, the problem is, you know, when you need a team leader, oftentimes what people do is they say, oh, you know, we really need a, a you know, good team leader. And, you know, Justin's good on the phones. So let's grab Justin and, and throw him in there. He should be able to, you know, uh, share, you know, how he does it. And people will pick it up from him, you know, probably through osmosis and off they'll go. And and the problem is uh, they just don't support Justin and, and they don't give him any training because doing something as a frontline operator and being a team leader, two different functions. And, Absolutely. you know, yeah. And, and I got to say, a lot of the call center managers, particularly, they've come through, you know, especially those that have come through the regime, you know, on the front line, then a team leader and then a call center manager. They don't know any different. And a lot of companies are stuck in this. Well, this is the way we've always done it. And it's worked for us in the past. The big problem, though, is when you get a really good operator from the phones, often, you know, most often, they don't know what they do that makes them successful. They just do it. It's natural, you know, and so uh, they just do it. And then when they're thrown into the deep end without any real support or, or training, I mean, they, they, they flounder. And then what, you know, after a few months or even weeks, you know, we're back again on the uh, team leader merry-go-round saying, well, you know, Justin didn't work out. That's a shame. 
And so, you know, now we've got to uh, find somebody else. And the big sad thing about this is that it can easily be fixed. But then, you know, Justin was a great operator and you lose a great operator in the process. That just kills me. Well, that's right. It's a double whammy, isn't it? You, uh, you Not only do you lose your team leader and all the, the challenges that come with that, but you also disengage one of your best performing agents. So, as you said, it's not a great outcome, but yet... I've been in the game for 30 years, Mark, and I honestly, I don't think things have changed in 30 years. It's, you know, we still uh, just gravitate towards going, you know, you're a great agent. And sometimes it's on results. Sometimes it's because, you know, they're they're engaging or they, they feel like they're, they're contributing to the team. But whatever the reasons are, we give them that opportunity, but we don't give them the leadership and the coaching training that goes with it, right? So, of course, they're going to flounder. It's like, here you go. Here's a brand new role and skills. You'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, you know. What I typically do is uh, start off uh, with the call center manager or the VP or director of operations or whatever, and you know, talk with them and say, "So, you know, how are they on all the different skills? Let's let's identify the skills that go there." And and typically they'll say, "Oh, yeah, no, they're really good. You know, I train them myself." And then when we drill down, you know, list the different skills that they need and. You know, drill down and, okay, so what about um, call monitoring? Um, well, yeah, I mean, we've done a bit of that. And then you go to individuals and they go, oh, well, no, not, not with that one yet or this one. And then, you know, you talk about, you know, providing feedback. Uh, uh, well, yeah, we did a, um, you know, we did a classroom thing some time ago. But, you know, th- there's no one-on-one coaching. There's, there's no program you know, to start with and, and, Mm. you know, following that program. And I think that's a big mistake that people make. They think that they're giving training, but they don't have a process. If they had a process, they could measure it and they can monitor it and they can work to it, you know, and that's what I think I've really seen and what I'm trying to do, you know, with, uh, with the work that I'm doing with folks now. Yeah. Um, Do you think, I mean, a lot of the team leaders that I talk to, a, find it challenging to start all of a sudden sort of coaching and leading people that were their peers. You know, one minute I'm in the team, the next minute I'm leading it. So we know that that's always a challenge. But sometimes when you talk to them, a lot of the people will just say, you know what, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that frustrates me or that I struggle with is not so much the team leading um, as in the, the coaching. It's the admin duties that we pile onto team leaders that suddenly they've got to start managing rosters and, and you know, annual leave requests and sick leave and, and oh, you've got to produce this report and that report. And all of a sudden there is zero time left for coaching. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, and that comes back to, you know, those at the call center level up in the C-suite, not really understanding what they want from their team leaders. I mean, to my mind, the highest and most important uh, function of a team leader is to work with their team to get them to be as effective as possible to continuously hit or even exceed their weekly, monthly, quarterly targets. And, when we look at, uh, you know, the, the tasks that we have them do that get in the way of that, I mean, you've got to have time to listen to calls, monitor score calls, have to have time to do trainings, you have to have time to do one-on-one coachings, things like that. And if you have them doing jobs that maybe a HR person should be doing or having an admin person doing, 
you know, yeah. they get in the way. Yeah, absolutely. You know? so it's definitely a, um, a hallelujah moment. Here we go. Even got oh, the effects, okay. Mark. That's how uh, passionate okay. we are about this. Uh, look, I, I completely agree. I just, it's, you know, team leaders' sole function is to actually coach and help improve the performance of the agents that are under them. And yet, it's normally management that pile all this stuff on top of team leaders that make that task nigh on impossible. So, if there's call center managers that are listening to this, you know, I'd love to know what's really important to you guys around getting your performance in your call center firing and how much you're committed to giving your team leaders a chance to actually coach and mentor their agents and i know a lot of call centers have a kpi around that market i'm sure that you've seen it where you know literally it might be 70 percent of a team leader's time must be spent coaching actively coaching uh employees so there's, there's no point paying lip service to it actually put it as a kpi on your team leaders to make sure it happens oh. right Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing, uh, you know, I've got an online courses, you know, and one thing that we teach in that is how to manage a team leader's uh, time. Mm. And, and it's as simple as creating a schedule. And, you know, even before you do that, there's a great exercise uh, called the uh, Roles and Responsibilities Matrix. And, you know, this identifies all the different tasks you know, a call center manager and a team leader do, and, and what tasks are just the call center managers, what tasks are, are uh, that that they do that they share information with the team leader, what tasks are just for the team leader, and what tasks do they do that they share information with the team leader. And it really brings a lot of clarity as to who's supposed to do what. And then based on that, devise a, um, a uh, schedule. And I've got a... Uh, uh, scheduler tool, both for team leaders and, and for call center managers, and it just identifies what are the key things you want them to do. And, you know, when do you do things? Like you said about, you know, 70% uh, of the time coaching. I mean, I'd agree with that, but, you know, a lot of organizations think, oh, geez, that's too much. And, and I think, well, you know, you've got to invest in your people. Mm. If you don't invest with your front line, you know, how do you expect to achieve? But, you know, part of that 70% can be taking the time to monitor calls, mm. you know, be that, uh, you know, recorded calls or even, um, you know, live monitoring and scoring. And then part of that can also be providing the feedback because a coaching session is not necessarily showing or telling people what to do, but, you know, going through a call and pointing things out to them. And, you know, identifying areas that the people need to be aware of and do. I mean, how many times have you listened to a call and you hear, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, and then you say to people, oh, you do a lot of that. And they go, no, I don't. You say, oh, yeah, well, let's listen to the tape. And they go, oh, my God, I wasn't aware. I mean, just little things like that. Yeah, you, you you mentioned a couple of resources there, Mark, and so it's, it's probably an opportune time to just give a quick shout out before we uh, reveal some of the top tips for team leaders that we do have a, an online course uh, that you do run that actually includes a lot of templates uh, and, and the resources are fantastic. So if people do want to learn more about that, you'll actually just find it on the uh, on the CX Skills uh, website. So we've actually put it under uh, self-paced uh, courses. So if you just go to training options and you'll see it under uh, self-paced online online training and if you scroll right down to the bottom uh, you'll see Mark's course is there how to create amazing team leaders it's really designed for call center managers um, to help actually develop 
team, effective team leaders in your call centre. So uh, there is heaps of stuff there. And as you can see, there's actually eight online modules, 14 lessons, 18 tools, resources and templates. They're fantastic. I've personally uh, seen them all in some micro-training videos as well. So feel free to uh, check out the site uh, if you're interested in learning more about that course. Um, now, Mark, we did say, you our little teaser at the start, was we're going to give people some tips for team leaders. So what have you got? We're going to give out five top well, tips. <coughs> yeah, well, basically, and in, in no specific order aside from probably the this one, I mean, it really talks about duty of care to their team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, really the first one is tr treating the team with courtesy and respect. I mean, obviously you should treat everybody with, within the organization with courtesy and respect. Yep. But, you know, I've, I've seen this a lot and it, and it just drives me crazy. Um, you know, you see some team leaders who are very autocratic and, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's like, you know, their teams on a galley, slave galley, and you know these guys are walking around, or girls walking around with a whip. I mean, you've got to treat team members as human beings, not as employees, or or just a number. And and you do this by, you know, showing that you genuinely care by showing interest in not just their work lives, but also their work, their lives outside of work. You know, and so you know they need to develop a high amount of emotional intelligence. And constantly show they care by, you know, doing things like not just knowing their stat, well, knowing their stats, but, you know, recognizing their birthdays and, and other um, work milestones like anniversary dates and, you know, knowing the names of their partners and their, uh, their kids and, you know, even the names of their pets, yep. things like that. You know, uh, another big thing is being prepared. You know, uh, often they're not. They show up, uh, you know, a minute before the shift starts and off we go. You know, you need to be prepared and, you know, you need to work to a schedule and, and follow that schedule. You know, they need to build a schedule like we talked earlier and, and, you know, come up with, you know, add things that come up every week like regular meetings with their boss. They need to schedule time outside of major calling hours to do things like, you know, answer emails, or update reports and, and things like that, um, you know, especially to schedule uh, time to record, listen and score on calls and set up training and uh, coaching sessions with their team throughout the week. Uh, you know, I even have people uh, I suggest they set time in their schedule for them to do their bloody schedule for the next week. <laughs> yep. you know, and things like that because people, oh, I didn't have time, you know, they that, that excuse is just because they're not prepared. And another thing that is extremely important is a continuous, continuously recognizing good behavior. Um, you know, I talk about, uh, you know, oftentimes you find people are always concentrating on the things folks did wrong. And, you know, we've got to be careful that if we keep reiterating that, people just get ground down. So they, each team member every day does something right. And so if you take the time to look for the things that they did right and praise them on that, they are going to continually do those sorts of things. So, you know, people can even schedule an hour a week at the minimum and just focus on walking around, finding people doing something right and, and telling them that. They don't have to make a big deal about it. Yeah. You know, just uh, somebody, you know, had a difficult uh, customer on a customer service call. 
they could just, you know, after the kind of listening on the side, they walk up and say, geez, that, that person was a pain, but I really love the way you handled that. Yep. You know, I mean, that's a good great, job. It's a great tip, Mark. And I think, you know, as, as team leaders and, and managers, sometimes you fall in that trap of trying to catch people doing something wrong. Um, so I a hundred percent agree with you. Spend some time trying to catch them doing something right. Yeah, no, and I mean, you get into that habit, it's easy. And just imagine how your team feel about you doing that. They recognize, you know, you're not just cracking the whip. I mean, this person's walking around, they're interested in me, and and they're telling me I'm doing a good job. I feel good about myself. Makes me want to do better. Love it, You know, the other thing is, you know. Three tips, come on, give us another couple. three, okay. Obviously, the biggest, in my view, uh, job is you're going to be a coach and mentor. You know, your responsibility is to uh, demonstrate to them this is how it is. You know, these are the things that we need to do, and here's how you do them. You know, if you look at some of the best coaches around the world, uh, in, in sport as an example, I mean, you know, their job is to get the team prepared and add on to the field and then be a cheerleader. Uh, and that takes work. It takes work on fundamentals, you know, and, and you know, just little things, you know, if they, uh, but you can't identify the things that they're doing that need to be worked on unless you're observing those and you can't observe those, you know, in the call center environment unless you're listening to calls, yep. you know, and scoring those calls. And then one thing that I'll mention too is that is when you go to, after you've scored a call, particularly with new people, there's going to be a myriad of things that are wrong. Don't try to fix everything at the same time. Work on the first two things at the most. Once you get that first thing or that second thing, and that could be the call introduction or, you know, tonality or something like that. Once you've got that done, start working on the next things because if you give them too much, to think about uh, or to correct, you know, they're just going to, their minds are going to explode. Uh, the, the other thing, and I think this might be five, is walk the it. talk. Yeah, walk the talk. You know, you can't expect people to follow you and to believe in you if they don't see you, be, you know, doing what you say. So that means take some calls. You know, if you're in a customer service environment, jump on the phone, you know, schedule it, jump on the phone, handle some calls, maybe even record those calls and you score them yourself. And that could be a good training thing to say, listen, how I handled this. I mean, if they see that you are doing what you say you should be doing and they can see the success in that, they're going to have a lot more respect for you because they're not going to be thinking, oh, you know, this person just chirping at the side they they couldn't handle a call if you know to save their lives i mean how many times do you think that's being said every single day in every single call center around the world today you know I, that's going to happen in every team at least two or three times a bloody day i reckon Yep, yep, I think you're right. So awesome. Well, there you go. There's five tips for uh, for people that are uh, in 
getting into that team leader role and want to know how to be a better team leader. Um, as I mentioned, we, we actually do have your course available, so you can find that on the CX Skills uh, website. So that's just cxskills.com.au. Um, but we also, uh, from time to time, run some workshops. So we will be having some workshops with Mark uh, purely for team leaders. So we'll be giving away top 10 tips for team leaders, etc. So you'll always find that on our CX Central uh, website, so cxcentral.com.au. AU. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining us. You do have a, a huge amount of experience in team leaders and, and, and I love it because as, as we both know, it is the most important role in your call centre and you can have the best processes, the best systems, the best everything in the world, but if you've got a really horrible team leader, no one's going to be engaged, you're never going to help improve your staff. So I love it that you're really focusing just on that role and helping businesses uh, and importantly the team leaders to be a better. So thanks for joining us, Mark, and I have no doubt we'll probably cover another five tips at some other point in the future as well. Uh, uh, thank you, Justin. It'd be my pleasure and uh, really enjoyed this and I'll just leave you know this uh, for the audience is that you know team leaders are the backbone of any call center and you know if you don't have the right people and they're not trained right you know frontline operators don't quit companies they quit their boss you know in the main thing so if you don't have the right people there you're just going to keep going on the merry-go-round all the time. Yep, yeah, 100% right. And we know that turnover is such a big issue in our industry and it's expensive as well. So not only is it the right thing to do for your employees and help with the engagement, but it's actually commercially it makes a lot of sense to actually invest in your team leaders uh, as well. So a great note to finish on. Thanks, Mark, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you again a bit later in the year. Thanks so much, Justin. I appreciate your time. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.